Our reading is from Luke 5, 1 to 16. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding round him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked, old, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break, so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid, from now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their illnesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks very much indeed, Shika, for reading that. Uh, we'll take a look at it. This week I um, was interviewed uh, by, the, uh, by the students, or kind of with the students, um, just to kind of, uh, I guess, get to know me a little bit. And I got roundly mocked for my love of Star Wars um, and, uh, and my interest in it and the fact that it's, you know, it's very dated these days and they, they try to see how many of the students even know about Star Wars. So I thought this morning we would start with a short clip from a, um, a classic uh, Star Wars movie. Um, uh, it was, uh, it, it's, a, it's a classic, you can file it under classic bits of cinema if you would like. It captures something that is going on in this passage, which is um, that uh, uh, there's, there's what happens and there's the reactions to what happens that tell you something of the power of what is going on here. Um, and th- this is from the uh, second original uh, film, The Empire Strikes Back. And if you know it, you might know that Luke has found his way to a planet, and he's a bit stuck, uh, and he's met this character called Yoda, a little green thing, if you've not uh, encountered it. Um, and he is pretty unsure of Yoda's power, and he's pretty, he's pretty despondent. Things are not going well. He's not really convinced. His spaceship has landed in a swamp, and he tries to get it out, and he can't get it out. And then there is a pivotal moment in the film, a turning point, 
when things happen and when he uh, sees what Yoda can do and you see his reaction. So um, watch this and watch for what happens and watch for Luke's reaction to it. You want the impossible. force be with you. Um, so uh, um, the power of what he does and the reaction to it and, he, and the impact that it has on him, it's a real turning point. Uh, it changes uh, uh, from that moment on. Uh, Luke it sort of throws himself into uh, being there with Yoda. It changes the direction of, of where he's going and where he is in this film. And in this passage here this morning, if I can transition from that into uh, the New Testament, the power of Jesus' words are seen in what he can do and in the reactions that come uh, from it. Have a look with me as the, uh, uh, the, the opening to um, that in chapter 5 of, of Luke. Uh, One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. So you've got to imagine they're all there and the, the, the sense of crowding is kind of pressing in to try and hear and straining and perhaps cut their ears so they can hear what he's saying, the word of God. And he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. And so he gets into one of them because he wants to kind of make an arena. So he gets into the boat and just pushes out to shore a little bit so that he can teach them as they're gathered on the shoreline. And he can then speak to them and they can all hear. And that goes on. And then he finishes in verse 4. And when he's finished, he says to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Uh, And Simon politely says, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. Now, what he is really saying is, um, this is ridiculous. Um, uh, I am a fisherman. You do not know about fishing. We've just worked all night. There has been no fish. 
Um, you are at best a carpenter, and you can tell me about carpentry. Um, but what do you know? I don't know if you've ever had somebody come into your uh, sphere of knowledge or work and start to tell you what to do. Uh, it's that kind of emotion and that kind of feeling. But he says, because you say so. Now, interestingly, what, what's there is, um, at your word, I will do this. So because you say so is at your word. And Luke is interested in Jesus' words. That's what we've been seeing. At your word, Jesus, I will let down the nets. So they do, and of course what happens is they, the catch that they find is huge. Now, as an aside, we don't quite know, is it a creation miracle where Jesus is saying, you just watch, I'm going to produce all these fish over here, or is it a knowledge miracle where Jesus is like, you wait until I show you the fishing spot I have for you? It's, we don't quite know, and the point of that is that it's the, the impact is about just how many fish are there, not so much whether it was that Jesus kind of created all these fish suddenly or just knew where to find them. The impact is that there are so many fish, uh, verse 6, they caught such a large number that their nets began to break. And so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. So that you've got to imagine the nets are fraying at the edges, uh, such is the amount of fish there. Uh, the boats, when they get them on, and, and a couple of boats, and they're starting to sink. I like to imagine somebody else is kind of quietly rowing by and watches this commotion, and the boats are starting to sink, and says, well, that's what you get when you panic by. It's the impact of that many fish. That's what his words can do. And having shown what they can do, then Luke shows us the reactions to it. And there are a couple of reactions. I should have said my first, so the first of these things that Jesus' words can do is simply fill nets. His word fills nets. Um, and then there are two reactions to it that we're told. One is that people are humbled, and, and uh, Peter is the figurehead for that. So when he sees it, he falls at Jesus' feet, at his knees, and, say, uh, and says, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. And everyone else is then astonished. Go away from me, I am a sinful man. It's quite a reaction, isn't it, to that kind of miracle. But something about seeing what Jesus did humbles Peter. He's in the presence of this extraordinary divine power. He can't quite believe it. His reaction is really strong. Go away. Um, I kind of can't be in your presence. Um, I am a sinful, I'm an unworthy person. And that reaction uh, is then followed by the rest of the disciples who are so astonished um, at this catch they've taken. Um, And when Jesus says to them, don't be afraid, now on you all fish for people, um, he they all they do exactly that. They, they, they come, they pull their boats up to the shore, they leave everything, and they follow him. So the reaction of them is that they actually give up what they are, they are doing, and they, they sort of throw their lot in with Jesus. I don't actually think, um, incidentally, the, I guess the main focus of this is about us becoming fishers of people. Sometimes we hear this, and you, you might think, 
you know, there's his sort of strong motivation. You've got to go out and uh, fish for people. You've got to uh, be evangelist. I don't think that's the main focus here at this point. It may be true, but it's not the main focus. He's just showing us the reactions of it. this catch was so astonishing. Peter felt humbled by it. The rest of them felt that they could follow Jesus because of it. It was a real turning point. They were the power of his words. And that pattern, what he does, and then the reactions, he just uh, briefly, he kind of goes through it again with a a second incident with the man with leprosy. You see the same thing. So in this instance, um, Jesus' word makes clean. Earlier it filled nets, now it makes clean. Uh, He's in one of the towns, a man comes along covered in leprosy. Leprosy, uh, at that point, um, uh, or the word there, uh, covers a a variety of different uh, skin uh, ailments and diseases. But it would have been true that he would have had to self-isolate and live that life excluded from the community. He would have had to live apart from other people. And the the question that he raises is, is Jesus willing or not to heal him? And he comes, he falls at his face uh, to the ground and begs Jesus, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus reaches out his hand and he touches him and says the words, I am willing, be clean. And immediately the leprosy leaves him. Luke is kind of wanting to show us both of these two side by side. If the fish miracle was, was quite a positive miracle, um, there wasn't anything, and then he, crea- he creates or he brings about these fish, this leprosy miracle is, if that was a positive one, here he is fixing something negative. So here he's able to undo the affliction and the disease that... Uh, this man has. And, you know, you, you, look at our, the, you look at the news. I imagine you've all been reading the news this week. What would it be if Jesus were to come and be able to immediately heal those who need healing? Wouldn't that be an extraordinary thing to the uh, plight that the world is currently facing and doesn't seem quite yet to know how far it will go? Then he moves to the reaction. So his, his ability to heal him, then you get two reactions again. Um, firstly, uh, Jesus' is, uh, uh, words in verse 14, he orders the man, don't tell anyone. Um, he doesn't mean don't tell anyone forever. He means don't tell anyone until you've been to the priest and offered the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. So he wants uh, him to go and... Um, do those things which the Old Testament stipulated, demonstrate his clean, uh, that he's been cleaned um, and make that right. And he expects the priests to get it. He expects the priests to get it. What, do they, what are they supposed to get? That God is clearly at work here. That something powerful has happened. He expects the priests, priests should have sort of recognized this and gone, aha, this is extraordinary. Something is really happening here of God. Now, whether they did or not, is, a, is an open question, given that some of the reactions of the more religious types in Luke as we go on. But then secondly, the crowds will come and continue to come. The news about him spread all the more, so the crowds of people came 
to hear him and be healed. And the presence of these crowds is meant to make us realize the power of Jesus' words. What they can do, this great catch of fish, the healing of this man, and the reactions to them, the people who leave everything and follow Jesus, uh, the crowds who come and swarm around him hoping to be healed. Do you see these two uh, pictures that Luke puts side by side? What is he doing and why do we have them here? Luke wants us to feel Jesus' power and the power of his words. Jesus really hasn't um, taught or said a great deal yet, has he? If you, uh, if you think about this book at the moment, actually we haven't really heard much. There was a little brief uh, moment where he came and taught in the synagogue. But t- to be honest, he hasn't said a lot. It's not like he's a politician who has arrived and has a, a, a kind of series of set speeches. If you were trying to make your mark, what would you need to do? You'd, you'd have a set of, you know, you have your stump speech. You'd have a, you, uh, some occasions where you build momentum. People start listening to your words. Uh, they start sort of thinking, oh, yeah, maybe this guy has got something about him. You look at the arc of, of major politicians uh, or influential people, how they've kind of built their platform gradually. He's done none of that. Instead, he simply proves that his words have power. Almost, almost as though the situations have just come along. He was there in the boats, he happens to see the fishermen, and there we are. Uh, the man just happens to come to him, and he says, and he's healed. Why, why is this, and why is Luke uh, uh, trying to get us to see this? One of my favorite cartoons um, uh, I came across a while ago, is, um, is this one. Uh, there they are, um, digging a hole, and she is saying to him, no, Barry, I want you to want to help bury the evidence. Now, you look blankly at me, but if <laughs> it, this happens at all stages of family life, okay? So if, if you're in any kind of context where you say, look, I don't want you to tidy your room, I want you to want to tidy your room. Uh, I don't want you to do the washing up. I want you to want to do the washing up. Uh, do you see the difference? It's going to filter through. Yeah. Okay, so this is the, this, there's a difference between just being there and doing the thing or listening to the person, and there's a difference between that and wanting to do it and wanting to listen. And what Luke is getting at is that he wants us to want to listen to Jesus' words. He wants to show us the impact and the power. He wants us to feel the impact and power that they had so that we will want to listen uh, and to hear them. Um, He's going to have examples of this all through his book. And you might just want to glance briefly on at um, Luke chapter 10. Um, uh, The sort of, you know, he's a classic example of this because his his whole book is going to be peppered with them um, and he's going to explain this. But Luke chapter 10. and Mary and Martha. So Luke chapter 10, verse 38, so it's page 1042. Um, and you'll know the story probably of Mary and Martha and Jesus with them. And in verse 39, uh, Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Um, but Martha was distracted by the preparations that had been made, uh, uh, that had to be made. And she came to him and said, Lord, why don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, 
and it will not be taken away from her. And he will give examples of this, of that. Here is Mary's desire to hear what Jesus has to say. And it won't be taken from her. It's, it's going to be hugely important to Luke. And Luke isn't, he's not daft, he's not stupid. He doesn't just say, you know, you should listen to Jesus. He's saying, look at Jesus' power. Look at the impact it had. Look at the reactions to it. Uh, the, the Luke Yoda moment, if you like. Luke has really despised Yoda until this point. He's, he's, he's despised. He's, he's, just, he's been underwhelmed. And from that moment, everything changes. He's not just there any longer to learn from Yoda. He wants to learn from Yoda, as an example. And you and I, my guess is, we won't, we won't listen to Jesus' words until we want to listen to them. Until our desire and our heart, our yearning is to hear his voice, perhaps above all other voices. Because there will be things that Jesus will come to say through his book when he does begin teaching. Things that will resonate at different points in your life. Perhaps even now when he says, do not worry. As we go about our daily lives this week when he has things to say that are things that you can't see immediately and that you need to trust, when he says, I gave my body and blood that you might be forgiven, things that you can't necessarily see, then it will be a question of, do we want to listen to those words? Do we want to trust him? Do we think his voice is powerful? That is the question that I want to leave us with and encourage you to take into this week. Do we long to listen? Do we think his voice has power above all the other voices you will hear and read of this week? Perhaps it's a a question you can take into uh, house groups and small groups this week. Will you long for his voice above all others? Will you want to listen to him. Shall we pray together? Heavenly Father, what it must have been to be uh, Peter, one of those disciples, the man afflicted with leprosy, those uh, who lived and saw you walk on earth, to hear your voice and see it do those things. Lord, uh, it is hard for some of us to, to feel the distance we are now from that but I pray that you would enlighten us a desire, a longing, a hunger uh, to listen to your words. Not just that we would because we have to or we think we have to, but because we want to, because we see the power that they have. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.